0: Today is one of my favorite times of the week. No, it's not payday. It's a time when I get to sit in front of my mic and speak to you about the weekly Parsha. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with the Practical Parsha podcast. I hope you're well. If you also enjoy this podcast as much as I do, please rate, subscribe, share it with your friends. Tell me how you like it. My email again is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kitsaitse. We discussed this week in the Torah portion the commandment of Yifas Toar, this commandment of a captive woman that is desired by the Jewish soldier, the process that he needs to go through in order to marry her. We talk about the law of the firstborn. We talk about this Bensorer Umarer, the rebellious and wayward son. We discuss the mitzvos. The commandments of Shluach HaKan, sending away the mother bird. The mitzvah to build a ma'aka, a protective fence around your roof. The commandment of Tzitzis. The laws of a defiled woman, restricted and forbidden marriages. The laws of sexual purity. The prohibition against taking interest. Vows. We discuss workers' rights and payment. Divorce. Gifts to the poor. The halachos, the laws of Yibum which is a leveret marriage where a brother-in-law marries a sister-in-law to establish a name for his deceased brother. And the parsha finishes with the mitzvah to remember what the nation of Amalek, the Amaleks, did to the Jewish people. I wanted to start off today with this interesting commandment of Yifas Toar, the commandment of, of the woman of beautiful form. And just to give a little background, the Torah starts off by telling us that if a Jewish soldier is on the battlefield and he sees a woman, a non Jewish woman that he desires, he's allowed to take her. Now, in ancient times, it was very common that the Gentile nations would put their daughters out in attractive clothing, beautiful jewelry, in order to entice and distract the incoming army. And the Torah tells us that if this soldier has a desire for this woman, he is allowed to take her. But he cannot take her just without any conditions. The Torah gives set specific guidelines and specific instructions on what he should do in order for him to marry her. And it starts with him taking her back to his house, and she has to take off the clothing, this beautiful clothing which they wear, and she would wear clothing of mourning, Her hair would be shaved, her nails would grow long, she would mourn for her father and mother that she was taken away from, or that was killed. And only then, after this long process, is he allowed to marry her if she wishes to convert. And if not, if she does not want to convert, or the desire that he had originally for her on the battlefield evaporates he sends her back to her people. He cannot enslave her. He cannot sell her. He must send her back to where she came from. And the the hope here is that even though during wartime, as we know, you hear from you know these tragedies that happen during war, the normal laws of society seem to be suspended. There's a certain instinct, primal instinct, which take over in people during a battlefield on the on the battlefield during a war. Even though he has this desire and passion. At that moment the torah is giving him the instructions to to sort of make a, a a separation to to make a delay in order that that desire which he had originally shall go away and i'll send her back and he won't end up marrying her and really it's not looked upon in a positive way because rashi as rashi explains that the torah is only given keneged it's only given Opposite the Sahara, the evil inclination, Rashi explains that Lo Dibra Torah the Torah was only given opposite the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. that if God did not permit this for this soldier, he'll do it anyways. Nasa Sona but if he marries her, in the end of the day, he's gonna he's gonna hate her. As the next set of verses talk about the hated wife, and that's the connection between the two paragraph, the two verses in the Parsha, the hated wife, as we're going to get to, and the, and the Yifas Torah, that if someone marries this Yifas Torah, meaning he just follows his passions, and he's going to end up, even though it was permitted for him, it's going to end up that he's going to hate her. Vesofa, the, the holy men have been so remora. and the end of the day, he's gonna. What's gonna come out from this is a wayward and rebellious son. Therefore, lekach nisabahu parshios Therefore, these two parshios, these two portions, were put next to each other. The the Torah starts with the mitzvah of Yifas Toar, which is this woman of beautiful form. It continues with the hated wife, and then the third halacha, the third parsha in this in this week's portion. Deals with the Sora Mora that will come out from this is a Sora Mora. Now, the first idea which I wanted to bring out from this is this concept of Loidibra Torah Elakanega Yetsahara. That the Torah was only given opposite the Yetzahara. And it's very interesting because you don't see anywhere in the Torah that we sort of like permit something just because if it became too hard. I mean you don't see this anywhere else that just because something is difficult, um, we permit it we permit it and the question is even compounded because we know from last week's parsha that the soldiers who fought in the Jewish army they weren't drafted because of their muscles but rather it was how righteous they were we know that last week we spoke about that the, that whoever the king when the Kohen Gadol would make the announcement that they're going out to battle there were different exemptions that were given for people who did not have to serve in the army and one of the exemptions was rach Leva that his heart was soft. And the commentaries explain that to mean that if he was afraid he had too much sins, he did not have to serve in the army. So we're dealing with people who are righteous, but yet still, we still see that no matter a person's background, no matter how righteous a person getting in their life, we still have to realize that we always have a Yetzirah, We always have this evil inclination. And no matter how high we get. And no matter how far we go, he's always going to be there to try to get us until that very last moment. And that's one message from this idea of Yifas Toar, this woman of beautiful form. Another idea is that this, which I touched upon before, is that the challenges we have that God gives us are only things that we can pass. And from this commandment, from where we see that the Torah makes an exemption that allows this soldier to do something which is normally prohibited because he will not be able to withstand the temptation to do it. He has to have an avenue to to do this in a permitted way or else he'll do it in a forbidden way. We see very clearly that when God gives us a challenge, whatever it may be in life, we have to know that it's something we can handle. It's something we can overcome. He doesn't give us challenges we cannot fulfill, we cannot overcome. Because that's that's just not fair. That's not free will then. We have free will. And the only way you have free will is that from when the challenges that you face, you can overcome them. And the example that I like to use to bring this out is that in a in boxing, there's certain weight classes that a boxer has to be to to box against another person. They have to be similar weights, right? You have heavyweight, lightweight, midweight you can't have a lightweight versus a, a heavyweight. It's not fair. He'll knock him right out. So too when it comes to our challenges in life, that we have to know that if we have it from Hashem, we don't. We pray that we shouldn't have tests. We shouldn't have things hard. But if we do have something, we all will have challenges in life, we should recognize right away that if we have this facing us, it's something that God has given to us. It means we can overcome it. And God willing, when we overcome these tests, we become better people. Our muscles get stronger. We become better Jews. We get closer to Hashem and we gain tremendously from it. I'm sure the if we think, each and every one of us, the different challenges we've gone through and that we've overcome, we wouldn't exchange that experience for anything. Just the, 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 the feeling of what you gain from different experiences in life. There's most people... Would never give any money away in the world to give away that feeling now another thought which is talked about in this parsha, specifically with the mitzvah of yifas toar with this woman of beautiful form is that when the torah says that when the verse says when you will go out to war against your enemies and Hashem, your God, will deliver them into your hand and you will capture its captivity. That many commentaries learn on a deeper level that the enemy that we're referring to here is someone specific. Who is it? It's the Yetzir Hara. It's the evil inclination. That there's a deep lesson here on how we can do battle with the Yetzir with evil inclination, and how we can be victorious. So let's break it down, piece by piece. The first thing we need to know is that when it says the enemy here, it's the Yitzharah. la milchama alovecha. Then when we go to war with our enemy, which is the Yitzharah, we have to remember that he is our enemy. Now the the first idea lesson we can learn out from the verse on how we deal with the Yitzharah is by remembering we have to go to war with him. Ki tzei tzei la milchama when we go to war against the the Yetzirah, then Hashem will deliver us, will deliver him in our hand. That we can't take our foot off the gas. When it comes to the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, we have to recognize that he is not going to stop. He is always out there trying to entice us, trying to hold us back. He doesn't want us to feel good about ourselves. So he's constantly working 24-7 24-7 for us to not serve Hashem, to not get closer to God, to stay stagnant, to go down in, in our service. So we have to remember this, and the only way we can fight back is if we go to war against them. We're constantly on alert. We're constantly doing battle because that's our mission in life. Two, to be active in this fight against the Yetzirah. The second point we can take from this verse in our in our, in our our Quest to vanquish the the evil inclination is number two is Hashem is that and Hashem your God will deliver them into your hand. That we have to realize that when it comes to our, our our challenges in life, this battle, this battle royale that we're referring to, which is the biggest battle of our whole lives, it's it's throughout our whole lives. We have to remember that it's God who is the one who's delivering him into our hands. Because number one, we shouldn't think that if we have something we're facing, a bad habit, um, something, an area in our life we wanna change to become better, we shouldn't think we can't do it. And many times, it is hard. I'm not gonna take that away. You know, habits are one of the hardest things to break, to, to change your life for the better It's very difficult, it's very challenging. And especially in the spiritual realm, it could be even more challenging if you're living your life one way for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, how do you expect to change? And that could be the initial thoughts in a person when it comes to this struggle between good and bad, to improving ourselves, to working on ourselves, to changing a habit. And a lot of times people will just throw up their hands and say, I I give up, before they even start. We have to remember, the Pusik's telling us, the verse is telling us, that it's Hashem who's delivering us victory. That our responsibility is to start the battle. We need to go to war. We need to do things to fight against the Yitzhar, and we'll discuss what we do. But we have to remember that success is ultimately in the hands of Hashem, and he's the one who's going to deliver the Sahara into our hands. So even if something's impossible, there's a mountain that's too hard to climb, a, a trait that's too hard to change, we, we can be victorious because God is going to help us overcome. We just have to do our part, take that first step, to go out to battle, and God willing, we will get there. And the last point, which we take from this verse in our struggle against the Yetzirah, is this idea of vishavisa shivyo, and you will capture its captivity. And according to the Balshemtov, he explains this to mean that when we capture the Yitzhahara, or we do battle with him, we have to take his strategies and use it against him. We have to learn from him. Just like he's always working to get us. He has a certain element of, of uh, stubbornness. He is extremely um, alert. He has a certain level of a larcity. We have to take these traits and use it against him, learn from him, to to in our battle to overcome him. And God willing, when we do that, we'll be successful. And secondly, you know, when I speak to about the Yitzhara, you know, talk about challenges and and tests and, and and things that are put in our way to block us from doing good. That's all something which the Yitzhara does. But as included in this is our is our drive within ourselves to improve our own character traits. And we should remember when it says, Vishavisa shivyo, that we shall capture its captivity, we have to remember that even the bad traits within ourselves, the things that we don't like about ourselves, can be channeled and used for good. And it's very important for us to realize and to take that going forward with our battles within ourselves and against the Yetzirah. I also wanted to focus this week on the case of the Bensorer Umorer, the wayward and rebellious son. Now the Torah tells us, Ki la'ish <laughs> Umorer, Enenu shomea aviv imo, v'yasuru osov If a man will have a wayward and rebellious son, who does not hearken to the voice of his father, and the voice of his mother, and they discipline him, but he does not hearken to them, Then his father and his mother shall grasp him and take him out to the elders of the city and the gate of his place. They shall say to the elders of the city, This son of ours is wayward and rebellious. He does not hearken to our voice. He is glutton and a drunkard. All the men of the city shall pelt him with stones, he shall die, and you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all of Israel shall hear, and they shall fear. Now, it's very interesting in this week's Parsha that this wayward son is a youngster, as a child. He seems to have bad habits developing. He steals money for meat, for wine, he doesn't listen to his parents and the Torah says to take him and to kill him. It seems pretty harsh. It's very extreme. According to some opinions in the Talmud, the case of Ben-Sorah the case of a wayward and rebellious son, never happened because the, the conditions that have to be met to make someone a wayward and rebellious son to be killed, there are many prerequisites which makes it almost virtually impossible for the case of this wayward son to actually happen to be killed with capital punishment. And an example of that is that the mother and father have to have the same voice and he has to steal a specific amount of money and drink a specific amount of wine and meat and that through the verses the sages arrive that it's almost impossible to happen and that the Gemara itself says, the Talmud teaches us that this case never happened and never will happen. And the question is, if that's the case, why does the Torah give us a whole paragraph about these halachos, these laws of this wayward and rebellious son? There's no extra words in the Torah. There's nothing extra. There's not, not even an extra letter in the Torah. We learn out from you know one, one letter extra, we can learn a whole set of halachos, a whole area in Jewish law. So why is the Torah spending time to teach us about this this child, this whole section of Torah, that doesn't happen, that won't ever happen? And the answer to that is that it says in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, the Talmud Sanhedrin, that the reason that God gave us this commandment was that to give us reward for studying it. And additionally, other commentaries bring down that it teaches us A how to be a better parent different ideas in parenting but what I wanted to focus on here is this concept of studying something even if it has no practical purpose and the only area that that is the case that it makes sense to do that is in these subjects of the Torah and there's a concept called Lishma, to study for the sake of Hashem, that when we study Torah we have to remember that the reason why we're studying Torah is because God told us to study. And it doesn't make a difference if it's practical or not because the actual act of learning, of delving into a concept of of Torah, even if we're never going to it's not going to be practical to us is still beneficial for us because we're doing what God wants. We're connecting to him. We're becoming better people just from the act of studying. And really when it comes to all of our mitzvah observances, we have to remember this concept of doing it because Hashem told us to do it. There's three types of mitzvahs. There's adios, which are mitzvos that we do, which are testimonies to something. For example, we blow shofar because it's a reminder of the uh, binding of Isaac. We eat matzah because it, rem- we, it reminds us of going out of Egypt. We shake lulav and esro. These are all acts that we do to remind us that God is running the world. Now that's one set of mitzvos. There are other types of mitzvot which are mishpatim, which are laws, civil ordinances, which are needed in order for society to function. For example, don't steal, right? don't kill, don't commit adultery. If society doesn't have these laws, mitzvos, it, it will be anarchy. And there's a third set of mitzvot which are called chukim, divine ordinances, which are mitzvos that we do that we're not able to fully comprehend. Such as the mitzvah of Para Aduma, the red heifer, or Egla Arufa, as we discussed in last week, this axed calf, that we're not gonna fully understand the mitzvah because it is beyond human comprehension. Although there are reasons that are given to help us understand it, we're never gonna fully grasp them. Now, when it comes to mitzvahs, it is important to remember to have a reason for the things we do, to appreciate why we blow shofar. To, to know the meanings behind eating matzahs. It helps us give flavor to our mitzvot. It helps us appreciate it. It helps us do it with more of a, a, a intensity, to be connected to it. But we also have to know that ultimately, when it comes to any mitzvah, that we do mitzvot and we learn Torah in the end of the day because God told us to do it. And the reason why this is important is because if we, don't, if we make our observances dependent on reasons only, So then it can come out, God forbid, that if the reason doesn't apply, we won't do the mitzvah. I'm sure everyone has had days where they don't want to go to work. You know, it is important to enjoy your job, to like what you're doing. But everyone has those mornings where they just don't want to go. They don't want to go to work. And you think to yourself, "Ah, maybe I just won't go today. But do you go? The answer is yes. We get up and we go to work because we have a responsibility to ourselves, to our family, to our employer. And even if we don't want to, and it's not enjoyable for us to do that day's work, we get up and do it anyways because we know that's what we need to do. And similarly with mitzvot, we have to remember within ourselves that, that there's this concept, there's this ideal of learning because God told us to learn. And there's this uh, concept of doing a mitzvah because God told us to do it. Sure, it is important to appreciate things and know the reasons behind it and to learn things that are practical. There's plenty of things and subjects in the Torah which help us be better people and help us improve and and, and, and things that we can use, different laws of daily living. But we have to keep this ideal in our mind that's the reason why we do things that in the back, that when it comes to the end of the day is because God told us to do it. This. And this is, this is a, a level that we should all aspire to get to God willing. That's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Koma with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.